listening to a podcast from The National. These are the founding pillars upon which the Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions Movement against Israel, or BDS for short, are built upon. The first, ending Israeli occupation and the colonization of all Arab lands and dismantling the wall as per international law. Second, recognizing the fundamental rights of the Arab-Palestinian citizens to Israel to full equality. And third, respecting, protecting, and promoting the rights of Palestinian refugees to return to their homes as stipulated by the United Nations. These three causes reflect what are widely recognized as the basic human rights Palestinians deserve. And for supporting this cause, 20 international activist groups, including a Nobel Peace Prize winning NGO, were denied entry visas and residency rights into the Jewish state by an Israeli official this week. This is Beyond the Headlines. I am Nasal Westmi, and we're recording from our studio in the National's newsroom in Abu Dhabi. This week, we'll be talking to some of the organizations that were among the 20 banned from Israel over their support for the BDS movement. To start off, we're joined by Omar Barghouti, the co-founder of the BDS movement, whose global network of unions, academic associations, religious entities are now threatened to be banned from entering Palestine. Thanks for joining. I just wanted to get into, is this affirmation that your organization is gaining momentum, making a big enough impact that the Israeli government warranted not only banning you from entering Palestine, but also any organization that supports your, your cause? Uh, in fact, uh, this uh, new McCarthyite uh, measure by Israel, uh, included, uh, implemented by Israel's far-right government, is actually um, a testament to how um, desperate Israel feels in its fight against uh, BDS. By waging an all-out intelligence, propaganda, and legal war on the peaceful BDS movement for Palestinian rights, and by now banning international human rights advocates from entering the country, uh, Israel's desperate and brutal attempts to weaken support for BDS are already backfiring. It's losing the liberal mainstream like never before. And as we're seeing in some BBC polls, for example, of international public opinion, Israel's popularity is competing with North Korea's uh, in international public opinion. So Israel is indeed feeling um, that BDS has strategic impact, and it's trying desperately to fight the movement, including by banning uh, uh, supporters from entering. In a certain way, do you view this move as a victory for your cause, even if many of your friends and organizations are now barred entry into the very country you are boycotting? Uh, Of course, it hurts at a personal level. Uh, It hurts politically an extent that uh, human rights advocates supporting Palestinian rights through BDS measures may not be allowed to enter the country and witness firsthand the brutalities, the crimes of Israel's regime of occupation, settler colonialism, and apartheid. And and that does uh, constitute a loss for us. However, in the BDS movement, we do not rely on people's visits to the occupied territories to activate campaigns to isolate Israel academically, culturally, economically, militarily, and so on. We rely on activists, on supporters for Palestinian rights, acting in their home countries against institutions and companies and governments that are part and parcel of Israel's regime of oppression. So by barring a group like Jewish Voice for Peace, which is based in the U.S. and a a major supporter of BDS in the U.S., by barring its officials from entering the country, 
does Israel really think that Jewish Voice for Peace will stop supporting BDS or will, will be, or will be softer in its BDS campaigning? Quite the contrary. They will intensify their BDS activism, and we will work together to make sure that Israel pays a price for this draconian, repressive, anti-democratic measure. What are your thoughts in regards to Israel claiming that the BDS movement is trying to go beyond fighting the illegal occupation of Palestinian land? Uh, you have some Israeli politicians saying that your non-profit organization is trying to, uh, quote-unquote, destroy the Jewish state or is being anti-Semitic. Um, it is quite strange. You know, in, in this accusation, Israel and Israel supporters are in a way saying that the very existence of Israel is premised upon being a system of occupation, apartheid, etc., colonialism. If you take these away, it would collapse. BDS calls for ending the occupation, ending the system of Israeli apartheid, and the right of Palestinian refugees to return to their homes of origin. All three rights are deeply stipulated, upheld in international law. What we're seeking is freedom, justice, and equality. What we are negating is lack of freedom, inequality, and injustice. If Israel cannot exist except with injustice and apartheid, that's its problem, not ours. We're seeking our basic rights under international law, and that's all. For a country that fashions itself as a quote-unquote the most democratic country in the region, banning the freedom of speech from Nobel Peace Prize winning organizations doesn't seem very free or democratic. I just wanted to know, what do you think Israel are trying to achieve in barring the entry of the 20 organizations that support your cause? Yes, Israel was never a democracy, even if it had a parliamentary system and a multiple party system, because as state that occupies another people, a state that denies the indigenous refugees of the land from returning uh, to their home, which is a UN-stipulated right, uh, a state that uh, enshrines apartheid by having more than 60 uh, uh, racist laws discriminating against its non-Jewish citizens, that is the indigenous Christian and Muslim Palestinian citizens of the current state of Israel, that cannot be a democratic state, by definition. Uh, so Israel is not really losing its democracy. It was never a democracy to start with. What Israel is losing through those draconian, repressive, anti-democratic measures is its mask, which is already a torn-out mask of democracy. It never had a real democracy. It had a mask of democracy, and it's shedding that mask. It's dropping the mask, revealing its true face as a state of ethnic cleansing, brutal war crimes, and massive violations of uh, human rights. Israel hopes to achieve a reversal in the growing massive support for BDS around the world by intimidating, bullying, terrorizing supporters of Palestinian rights, especially in the West. But as I said earlier, this, is, uh, this will backfire. It's already backfiring. We're seeing a lot more commitment from those organizations listed in Israel's uh, list, BDS list, uh, to uh, they're committing even further to BDS campaigning to uphold Palestinian rights through effective strategic BDS measures. We'll go further beyond the headlines in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about The National's other podcasts. Business Extra goes deeper into the movers and shakers that make the Middle East such an important financial hub in the world. 
an extra time from our esteemed sports desk is the best place to chat about the English Premier League and more. Subscribe to both shows as well as this one on Apple Podcasts or find us as always on the national.ae. I'm now joined by Ariel Gold, an activist at Code Pink Women for Peace, an NGO aimed at providing a peace and social justice movement. The organization identifies as women-initiated and has done work within Gaza. It has also been labeled as one of the 20 banned from functioning in the country for supporting the BDS movement. Your work is heavily involved in promoting uh, anti-war issues and promoting Palestinian statehood. How is this boycott going to disrupt your work in the country? Well, I myself am the uh, campaigner for uh, the Middle East, and I focus specifically on Palestinian rights. And um, up until now, I have traveled uh, to Palestine around once or twice a year um, to work on the ground uh, directly with activists there, um, both to build relationships and to participate um, in their demonstrations and protests, and to then bring that back to the U.S., to lift up the voices of people on the ground who are struggling. Um, I, in the past, I um, have worked very closely with the Tamimi family, uh, the family of 16-year-old Ahed Tamimi, who is has for the past three weeks um, been sitting in an Israeli uh, detention cell and is facing um, possibly 10 or more years um, in prison, and is a, is a, a case that's received uh, worldwide attention. Um, I also continue to work very closely with uh, human rights defender Issa Amro uh, from the West Bank city of Hebron, where illegal settlers live right within the city. So uh, for me personally, um, there's quite a loss at not being able to do that. And I would say that this ban intends to do two things. One is uh, to punish uh, those of us that are effective in our campaigning for Palestinian rights. And I would say effective both through BDS and through other efforts. Uh, For example, most of us, most of the organizations in the U.S. that are on this uh, blacklist also have been doing uh, work in Congress that's been quite successful. So I think one aspect of, of their list is to to punish us for that. And uh, the other is to divide us from those people on the ground um, that we otherwise build a... Um, we we, part, we uh, make ourselves available as partners to them right. to be part of that struggle. Uh, I don't think this that the blacklist will be effective in either way. I mean, we're already seeing... Um, just a, a, a swelling of support for right. those of us that have been placed on the back blacklist. And, you know, in this modern age of social media and so on, we will, we will persist in having um, our relationships uh, with Palestinians struggling on the ground remain strong and to continue building new relationships. It will be a challenge for that, but it, it's a challenge we will overcome. That, that was the intended purpose of uh, Israel putting the 20 organizations uh, on, on the blacklist, on a boycott. 
But I mean, whenever you see this kind of resistance, especially it's, it's pitted kind of like a David and Goliath kind of thing. You have human rights activists against the state of Israel. It, you don't exactly, I don't think they'll be getting the kind of effect that they intended with. And the question is, do you, do you think that this will make people uh, kind of, er, will it urge them to promote the cause of, of Palestinians and, and, and the illegal occupation of Palestinian land by Israel? Sure, absolutely. I think that this further exposes Israel as the pariah apartheid state that it is. And by doing this, Israel is isolating themselves further. Um, it's you know an incredibly undemocratic thing to do. Uh, I myself am, am a Jewish American, and you know Israel goes on and on about how they are the only democracy in the Middle East, and Jewish tradition, which is so 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 much older than this ugly um, repressive state that that's been created, has long valued uh, debate and discussion and disagreement and really deep thinking, and so what the what the state of Israel has done now is create, you know, this, and they've been doing this through many methods, but a clamping down and uh, a red line of, of what's acceptable and what isn't, who's a good Jew and who isn't, and it exposes them for the fraud that they are. All right. And then I just wanted to know, I mean, there's 20 organizations. A lot of time people don't understand that nonprofit world isn't, you know, all fun and games. It's very competitive because you have organizations that are trying to aim for the same funding, trying to get the same grants. But do you think that, you know, this will promote some sort of solidarity between the 20 organizations? Is it likely that they'll band together? And if if that's the case, I mean, what could be done from here? Sure. Well, I, I want to begin by kind of clumping together the six organizations in the U.S., um, and then we can expand out from there. Uh, five out of the six organizations, one actually doesn't have central leadership. Uh, National Students for Justice in Palestine is a very decentralized organization of students, and we all work with them, but, it, but it's kind of a different form for an organization. Um, they have funding often through universities and through different things. But the rest of the other five of us already um, work together in a coalition. So the U.S. Campaign for Palestinian Rights, which is one of the organizations uh, blacklisted, is an umbrella organization that the rest of us are members of. And essentially, um, this blacklist was the, the same names that have been working on uh, recent things in Congress. So in uh, June of 2017, we accomplished the largest number of signatures ever on a, a letter from Congress uh, in support of um, human rights defender Issa Amro and, as he's facing 18 charges in Israeli military court. And then, just in the last couple of months, we managed to achieve the very first piece of legislation ever introduced in Congress for Palestinian rights. Uh, Representative Betty McCollum's uh, bill to end Israeli military detention of Palestinian children. And it was the very uh, five groups that, other five groups that are on the, the list for the U.S., so Code Pink and American Friends Service Committee, right. Jewish Voice for Peace, American Muslims for Palestine, U.S. Campaign. Right. So, you know, we, we already work together very well, and um, th these are our coalition partners, 
And I would say that it will likely uh, give us a push to work more internationally than we have been. Um, I, at least that's, that's a hope that I have for it, and I foresee that happening. Another one of the 20 organizations that were banned earlier this week was the Ireland-Palestine Solidarity Campaign. Fatim Tamimi is a national chairperson in the group that works to promote the rights of Palestinians. This was her reaction to the news of her organization being boycotted. Of course it's an outrageous and appalling uh, act by Israelis, but that shows how uh, that the BDS boycott, divestment and sanction uh, movement have increased around the world and how uh, with people conscience and it's taken uh, for taking actions and support of the Palestinian people that hurts Israel uh, affecting us it's, it's going to make us uh, work uh, harder increase our efforts to challenge Israeli policies of occupation and apartheid uh, it's not going to affect us much other than that uh, other the positive side of it because we work from Ireland so um, uh, we we do raise awareness and uh, lobby the Irish government and the EU government, uh, the EU as well. Uh, so it wouldn't, uh, it shouldn't affect us much. It should it should make us uh, 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 work stronger. Uh, other than that, um, uh, like like what apartheid uh, South Africa. Uh, ended uh, by uh, the BDS movement, very similar to this, it will uh, end, uh, inshallah, the apartheid of regime of Israel. Does the barred entry for those who are Arab-Palestinian uh, citizens of Israel, I mean, this, does this affect someone who lives in Palestine? Um, it shouldn't affect Palestinians who live in Palestine. Maybe it will, if they are activists in BDS, uh, maybe, I don't, I'm not sure... Uh, but it makes, uh, what I'm positive about, it makes uh, people in Palestine more uh, isolated because of this, because that they're trying, uh, Israel trying to, by banning these organizations and uh, human rights activists to, to, to go to Palestine, that makes them not um, uh, going to the Palestinians, not socializing with the Palestinians, not seeing that, that these things with their own eyes, and that's, uh, of course make Palestinians more isolated in, the, in, their, uh, in their land and living under the occupation. Right. In your opinion, what is the most pressing matters in Palestine? And I mean, not allowing organizations to get to those people to help them in aid or education or what, whatnot. I mean, isn't that going to hamper a lot of the work that people are trying to do in the country? Uh, it shouldn't uh, put them off going to Palestine. We urge uh, people to still go and see with their own eyes uh, how the Palestinians uh, are living uh, in, uh, the, under the occupation, under the brutal uh, uh, military occupation of Israel. So we still urge these people to go, and I don't think should affect um, like our members if the, the, the Israelis wouldn't know whose uh, our members are. It, it, it will affect uh, us as uh, the, the leaders of the organizations. Uh, our names is, is known so that it will affect us. It will affect me uh, personally as a Palestinian and uh, activist. Uh, it will affect me, of course. I, I, they won't allow me to go back to, to, to see my family. Uh, but it shouldn't affect the, the ordinary members so, or, or uh, other uh, uh, 
activists or other uh, any ordinary people would like to go and visit uh, Palestine. So we still urge them to go and see uh, with their eyes and uh, join us then and march together towards freedom, justice and equality for all Palestinians and uh, act uh, on the BDS as well, the boycott, divestment and sanction uh, until a Palestinian gets their uh, uh, peace uh, by justice, freedom, and uh, equality. You mentioned earlier that this will make you work harder. A lot of the activists that I've spoken to are saying the same thing, that, that just because they're being boycotted doesn't mean anything. In fact, some even no. some even defined it as being a good thing because you're giving more uh, more publicity to the cause. I mean, do you agree with that statement? Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I, I totally agree. That's why I told you at the first, and we, that will increase our efforts and to challenge. Actually, since that uh, announcement, we had more uh, people joining uh, IPSC uh, because I think that's uh, they're challenging uh, people, and uh, people t- are taking this challenge for. Uh, uh, the right cause and the, to to be supportive of the Palestinians uh, on the land and hopefully uh, that will make us uh, let's make this 2018 uh, the year of uh, BDS. For a country that that you know, fashions itself as the most democratic country in the region, I mean, how does this reflect Israel's uh, human rights policy? And what is what do you think is the intended purpose of the move from from their side? put people off and uh, isolate Palestinians and let them do whatever they want but they can't they can't do that anymore it's the, the most democratic country in the world uh, or sorry in the middle east uh, they they say and they portray themselves as the the uh, most democratic country they they, they are banning people from uh, going there uh, that's that's not democracy that just, they just don't want people to see uh, the facts uh, with their own eyes. They don't want to see people to witness what's happening daily, uh, what Palestinians facing daily in um, the occupied uh, Palestine from the uh, uh, illegal settlements, the home demolitions, the, uh, the arrests, the, the mass killings, and, and all these uh, uh, actions. They want to hide, but uh, no more. Uh, people are more... Uh, aware nowadays, and uh, like IPSC and other organizations, I'm sure were banned, uh, they play a huge part of uh, 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 raising awareness among the uh, public to know about uh, the Palestinians' uh, cause and what's, what's happening there. Uh, so they can't hide uh, that anymore. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. It's a, it's a stupid uh, way, I think. It's just out of, uh, out of desperate uh, response uh, that they just did that uh, uh, announcement uh, out of desperation. I'd like to thank Omar Barghouti, Ariel Gold, and Fatal Tamimi. You can find them on their Twitter handles on at BDS Movement, at Ariel Elise Gold, and at IPSC48. To help support these organizations, you can visit them on IPSC.ie, at BDSMovement.net, and at CodePink.org. We'll be leaving a link to their websites in the description. Many of these groups are looking for volunteers to join their cause and can do a lot with a small donation. I'd also like to thank Kevin Jeffers for producing the show. You can find this and all the other national podcasts such as Extra Time and Business Extra on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your episodes from. I've been your host, Nasr al-Wesmi. Thank you for listening and goodbye.